Hello and welcome to Love Thy Lawyer, where we talk to real lawyers about their lives in and out of the practice of law, how they got to be lawyers, and what their experience has been. I'm Lewis Goodman, the host of the show, and yes, I'm a lawyer. Nobody's perfect. She has an academic background in the hard sciences. Between college and law school, she directed a rape crisis center in New Mexico. Since 1987, she has served in the Alameda County District Attorney's Office. Now a senior deputy DA, her background includes numerous felony jury trials, motions, calendar assignments, and charging duties. She is an expert in sexual assault investigations and prosecutions, as well as matters involving environmental protection. Susan Torrance, welcome to Love Thy Lawyer. It's great to have you. Where in the DA's office are you working right now? Right now I'm at Wiley Manual, which is the Oakland branch of our many courthouses. And I am back there for my second time charging. And what kind of cases are you charging? I I charge a variety of departments, some of the smaller departments, Emeryville, Alameda, let's see, Piedmont, UC Berkeley, PD, East Bay Regional Parks, but but the most serious stuff I do is with the OPD SUV unit involving sex crimes, child abuse, child physical abuse, and also uh, what we call heat cases, which are human trafficking cases. Where are you from originally? I'm from a town in Illinois, Galesburg, Illinois, out in the middle of the cornfield. Is that where you went to high school? That is where I went to high school. Well, what was that like? Well, it was very interesting. Galesburg was a very small town, very railroad employment based. There also was a small college there called Knox College. And my father taught there. He was a college professor, as was my mother. But it was a very small town, only 35,000 people. So it was uh, very close knit. Yeah, I thought it was great. Our, our house was located at a very nice place. We were the house on the edge of town. So behind my house, I had fields with cows and a creek and a lot of uh, big forest. So I spent a lot of time growing up catching frogs and climbing trees and picking berries. It, It was wonderful. Later, if you're talking about high school, that was also great. I wasn't very involved in high school, but it was a great place to go. So when you got out of high school, where did you go to college? I went to college at a place called Lawrence University, which is in Appleton, Wisconsin. That's 30 miles south of Green Bay. It's a very small, it was a very, still is, a very small liberal arts college in the same conference with some probably better known schools, Carleton and Grinnell and Beloit and some other good schools. So what did you take up at Lawrence College? Well, I was I was actually intending to be pre-med, but then, or, yeah, but then organic chemistry just washed me out. It boggled my mind. I couldn't handle it. So I took, I took my sciences to date, my science studies to date there, and I designed my own major, which you could do, a uh, self-designed major. And I did a very interdisciplinary major in biology, chemistry, and economics and government, and I called it environmental studies. They didn't have an environmental studies major back in those days. So I designed my own, and and I thought it was very successful. I had a great time. 
crossing a bunch of departments and focusing on those kind of issues. So when did you start thinking about going to law school? Well, that started when I left college and I didn't know what I wanted to do. And so I had this grand scheme. And my grand scheme was to pack up my little used Toyota Corolla and tour the West Coast. And I was going to stay for three to six months in each city. And I had, I had people in a lot of cities. I had people in Denver. I had people in Boulder. I had people in Albuquerque, Phoenix, San Diego, Los Angeles, and San Francisco, and Seattle. So I was going to just take a big tour and just get odd jobs and do this and that and the other thing and march my way around the country and see where I wanted to live. But then I got stuck in New Mexico for about five years. How'd Which that was happen? great. That How'd that happen? Yeah. Uh, actually, what happened was I, I fell in love with hot air ballooning and a particular balloon pilot, actually. And that's what got me stuck in New Mexico <laughs> for quite a while. But I, I also did something great there, which was I started to work in with the Rape Crisis Center in, in Santa Fe, which I had done before. I had worked in Chicago for a bit for the Chicago Rape Crisis Service. And I did that again. I ended up in Santa Fe doing that for quite a few years. So to get around to your question, I often went to court with victims as in my job at the Rape Crisis Center. And I would often sit in the audience and watch the defense attorney and the prosecutor. And knowing the case fairly intimately, I, the, the, the thought dawned on me that, you know, as I was sitting there watching that, I could stand up right then and do a better job than they were doing. So I guess that's when it started. I also got to know the district attorneys in Santa Fe fairly well, and they were very encouraging uh, of me going to law school. I think the other impetus was my parents. I, I had a absolutely fabulous relationship with my parents. I was very lucky to have the two of them. They were both, as I said before, they were both college professors. So, yes, I applied to law school out of Santa Fe, New Mexico, and wanted to move at that point because Santa Fe was a very small town. I, I got into a number of places and settled on University of San Francisco. And how was the USF experience compared to living in Santa Fe? Well, it was moving from, again, a kind of a small town, although filled with tourists, a small town and into the big city, which was very exciting and fun. I'd lived in Chicago for a while, but this was really kind of the first time I came to the big city. Loved it. Enjoyed it. USF was, was, I think, a very good school. I think I got a very good education there. It was interesting in that I was late coming to law school, having been out for a number of years. And very early on in my law school career, we had a group of, I guess I want to call them elders back then. I mean, most, most of the people that I hung out with in law school had also been out for a while and had a career. So we had a little different perspective than, you know, the 22-year-old coming up to coming straight from college. Do you think that having worked in a court-related field gave you a certain focus that was advantageous in law school? No, I don't think so. Because, you know, you know as well as I do, and as you probably your lawyers, listeners, no, law school has nothing to do with taking the bar, and taking the bar has nothing to do with practicing law. 
So I don't think there was anything having to do with my had been in a courtroom before that really helped me with law. What was what was your first legal job? My first legal job was, well, actually, I, I did work a lot in law school. I worked for the city attorney in San Francisco, had a great time there, clerked for the law and motion judge, which at that point was Lucy McCabe. Oh, yeah. And she was an absolute delight. She used to absolutely shock the attorneys coming in because every once in a while when they wanted to hand her papers, she would pull out one of those grabby sticks with a little alligator head on the end of it. (laughs) And she would tell them, she would tell them to approach and put the papers in the alligator's mouth. And, you know, these, these uptight lawyers were just gassed. It was quite entertaining. And she was, she was very, very smart. She spent most of her time in criminal, actually. And she was also very encouraging of me pursuing a, a, a criminal career. But okay, so that was one job. Another job I had, so clerking for her. And then I worked in the city attorney's office as a law clerk, which was very interesting because we did a lot of civil rights action. And viewing that was very interesting. And let's see. Oh, I worked for a, my, one, uh, one of my professors got me a job. My first job, my first legal job in Alameda County, actually, this was during law school. I actually worked for a defense attorney, and that would be Al Gorlick. And I worked on a case in which a stepfather had molested his stepdaughter, and she was in her mid-teens, and she took the shotgun out of his out of the closet one day and shot him. So she was being prosecuted for shooting the, the stepfather, and so I worked for the defense on that case. She got on the stand and took the fifth, so she got released, which was a good ending. Wow. Other uh, than that, my first uh, job was uh, with the district attorney's office. Remember, I, I, I went to law school to be a DA, so I, I got very lucky in that a number of people guided me to the Alameda district attorney's office, and I, I was lucky enough to get hired by, by Dick Eigelhart. So what was your first assignment in the Alameda County District Attorney's Office? My first assignment was doing DUIs at Wiley Manual. We had, uh, well, we had we had a Department 8 back then, and it was an absolute zoo. There were two of us doing calendar, and we would uh, rotate one week doing calendar and one week doing the jury trial. And we often had a lot of, lot of pro per pleas. And it was, it was a very interesting experience. It was a, a good introduction to dealing with defendants and managing a calendar and all that. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I worked in the old department eight, I, I used to feel like I was the, the lawyer for the defendants. Cause you know, I'd sit there, I'd go explain things to them. I'd go over the plea forms and yeah, it was, yeah, you're right. It was, it's a, it's a real intro to client relations. Oh, absolutely. In my sort of following your career in the DA's office and looking at the resume that you very kindly provided to me, it seems that there's really two areas of focus that you've had in your, I don't know, sort of mature years in the DA's office, which is, (laughs) well, I mean, you know, we we all kind of circle through the 
different assignments. And then I think people sort of alight in some sort of specialty area. And it seems to me that, that you've really focused in on the sexual assault area and the environmental areas. Is is that accurate? Yes. Yes. I, I spent, I think about seven years in our environmental division. One of the things I was thinking about after law school was environmental law. So once I found out the district attorney's office had an environmental unit, it was, it was a no brainer. So I spent, I spent seven years out at the environmental division, which again was totally fascinating. I got to dust off my brain for the chemistry and biology kind of stuff, which I really loved. And, and in addition, it was also, well, it was a huge learning curve in a lot of different areas, which of course is always challenging and invigorating, but it was civil as well as criminal cases. So I, I dipped my foot probably up to the ankle in civil cases and had a, had a very good time out there. It was a great mix of not very many court appearances, but a lot of work and, and a lot of very intense and, and sometimes very, very large cases. We had one extremely large case where myself and two other district attorney's office were lead, lead counsel, but we had probably... I think seven district attorney's offices on the the lead litigation team and another six or 10 district attorney's office kind of in the second tier. And we ended up suing what was then named SBC, Southern Bell Corporation. As soon as we were done with our lawsuit, they renamed themselves back to AT&T. But we got a $25 million judgment. What, what sort of litigation was that? It had to do with underground storage tanks. They had, the law required any phone company to have underground diesel storage tanks, diesel fuel, uh, to fuel generators in case of an emergency to keep the dial tone going. So they had, at that time, SBC, now AT&T, had over 500 underground storage tanks for diesel fuel in the state of California. Think about gas stations. Those are also underground storage tanks. And there are lots and lots of regulations having to do with that. And those, all those regulations are, are pollution and groundwater protection motivated. And so, you know, you've seen, you've seen all the, the local non-chain gas stations essentially go out of business. And a, a big reason for that is all these regulations having to do with protecting the environment from the pollution from, from gas. And it was especially ramped up when there still was lead in gas. Anyway, so they had these 500 underground storage tanks for their backup generators. They were grossly out of compliance with the laws and regulations having to do with the integrity of those tanks. The statute says that it's up to a $5,000 per day per tank penalty. Yes. So that was a lot, a lot of work. That case probably took two or three years. When did you start moving into the sexual assault area? Because that seems to me to be like a pretty natural fit for you, seeing that you would, you know, come out of the rape crisis world. Well, again, you know, I came, I came to law school to be a DA and I became a DA to do sexual assault. So it was, it was kind of already decided once I got there that I was going to be doing that or wanting to do that. And uh, yeah, I did, I did five tours at the at the courthouse at RCD doing felony trials and four of those were 
four? Is it five or six? I can't remember. Anyway, about 15 years of my 32-year two, two career have been on felony trial staff. And the majority of that time, well, all that time, with the exception of my first rotation, was on sex crime. Do you feel that that kind of rotation takes an emotional toll on yourself? Oh, yeah. And I think having done it repeatedly and with a lot of individuals, it has a variety of effects and some are worse on some people and some are not so bad on some people. I, I personally, obviously, am, am very, I withstand that very well because there's a lot of social worker in me and I got a whole lot of satisfaction and a whole lot of, of juice from, you know, taking somebody to court and having them walk out after their court appearance and after cross-examination and, and looking at them and them telling me, yeah, that wasn't so bad. That's, that's kind of what I lived for. You've also done some teaching, presenting about sex crimes prosecution. Yeah, Yes, mostly through the California District Attorneys Association. We had a grant that was great for about three or three, four years, maybe, where we taught four classes a year to prosecutors throughout the state of California. Um, and I was a technical advisor and presented two or three sections in a week-long course four times a year. So it, that was a lot for those four years. I, I really enjoy it. I enjoyed a lot. I mean, it's, it's a lot like closing argument in that you're getting up and trying to get your points across. At the time I was doing that, I had been doing sex crimes for probably 10 years. So uh, I had a lot of experience and, and had run across a lot of, of issues and, and things that happened and so could share a lot. And I think that's probably the one of the most valuable things in, in teaching a skill such as courtroom strategies and so forth is to is to have that experience base to be able to well one time that happened and one time the other thing happened and this is how I dealt with it kind of approach you've been in the DA's office for quite a while now what do you really like about being uh, Alameda County district attorney well I got I can tell you right now one of the things I really miss in charging is contact with the public it it, it is just wonderful to to interact with people that you would not be friends with, but certainly in in being their advocate in court, you get very, as you know from being a defense attorney, you get you get very close to people. You you get to know them on a very intimate basis. It's a very intense relationship that you. I mean, I've had more intense relationships with with witnesses and victims than I have had with. You know, a lot of people I consider to be friends and my coworkers. I mean, I know, you know, Lou, that the Alameda County District Attorney's Office is very highly regarded. And that's why I was lucky to to join that office. The people in that office and, and I hear this from defense attorneys who travel many counties all over the Bay Area and beyond that the Alameda District Attorney's Office and the district attorneys doing the day-to-day work in that office are extremely fair, and, and I'm, I've been very pleased to work with all of them. It's been just and continues to be just a very, very wonderful place to work. Has actually practicing law, criminal prosecution, met or differed from your expectations of it? I would say that it is probably met. Again, remember, I was in a courtroom and hanging out with, with, 
with DAs before I went to law school. So yeah. I had a pretty, pretty intimate view of the nitty gritty of, of the courtroom. So I, I think I really knew what I was getting into. What do you think's the best bit of advice that you've ever gotten? For my life or for my profession? Well, for my profession, it's got to be one of my very dear mentors, Buzz DeVega, who you knew well, I'm sure. Very. And, and it, it, it's a little flippant, but he says, never let, he, he always used to say, ne- never let the crook ruin your day. And, <laughs> you know, I would, I would expand that a little bit to say, never let the crook ruin your day or a judge ruin your day or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But it was, it was an attitude. Do you think the system is fair? I can only speak to my personal experience. And my personal experience in the Alameda County DA's office is, is my answer would be yes. I often hear and always have heard from my office that our job, this was the mantra when I was hired and continued for many, many years, is to do the right thing. Let me shift gears here a little bit. What's your family life like and how has practicing law affected that situation? I have I have two children. They are now 30 and 25. Wow. They, we, we, I, I'm married. I have been married for 32 years. And I must say that probably the best thing about my family life and my professional life merged together has been the supportiveness of my husband. He knows that when I'm in trial, he doesn't expect anything out of me. I am, I am uh, off the table as far as getting anything done or doing anything. What other sorts of things do you like to do? What sort of recreational activities do you participate in? I swim. I kayak a little bit. I go for a lot of walks, especially having recently moved back to San Francisco. That's about it. I'm not a big jock. I do I garden. Yeah, that's about it. If you came into some real money, a few billion dollars, what, if anything, would you change in your life? In my life? In my life, Please. well, I buy I buy three houses: one in one in France, one in Manhattan, and one in the tropics somewhere. I would give my kids some money, and then I'd start doing charity giving and travel. Where would you travel to? Where would I travel? Anywhere I haven't been. Tell me about some places that you have been. Went to Africa. Yes, I actually I got over there through teaching about sexual assault. I I taught the prosecutors in the in the country of Zambia a week-long conference in a uh, couple couple years ago and it was a, a con- held at a conference center where everybody lived there for the week and I, I helped develop the curriculum and and taught a number of classes over the course of that week and these were all of the regional prosecutors for this country of Zambia it was it was an absolutely wonderful experience Let's say you had a magic wand. You could wave mm-hmm. it over one thing, the legal mm-hmm. world, society in general, the world. I mean, any, mm-hmm. anything. What one yes. thing, what one thing would you change? Stop the abuse of females in all manner, physical, sexual, mental, economic. There needs to be much more feminine in the world. Susan Torrance, thank you so much for joining me today. Love thy lawyer. I've really enjoyed talking to you as I usually enjoy talking to you. So 
thanks so much for being here. Well, Lou, it's, it's, it's been a flight. I, I, I very much enjoyed talking to you as well. And have fun with this little project of yours, huh? That's it for today's episode of Love Thy Lawyer. Many thanks to my guests who have contributed their time and wisdom and make this show possible. Thanks, as always, to Joel Katz for music, Brian Matheson for technical support, and Tracy Harvey. I'm Lewis Goodman. No, I don't really have an answer to that because there's so much and so many things and so many aspects. It's harder to... No, I don't like that. I don't like that question so much.